la sensación de que vamos a competir muy bien. Todos muy involucrados en, en esto. De las puertas para adentro hay un escenario que evidentemente no existe de las puertas para afuera. Y eso es lo que a nosotros nos brinda ilusión. No te voy a decir mucho sobre este juego, ¿verdad? Es todo zeros. San Memo. Es Memo Ochoa. Pero cuando veo estos subs, Raúl Jiménez, yo estaba como, ¿realmente? Con todo el aire, siendo de esos cells. Argentina, México, do we call it a rivalry? This is paternidad. This is that's, ownership. That's right. That's why it's not a rivalry. This team is not dangerous. This team is not as good as the Mexicos of the past. Is this the worst World Cup of the modern era for Mexico? Hands down. Yeah. Tata Martino is the worst coach in Mexican history because no other coach has had so much at his disposal and mm. done so little. No World Cup experience for players under 26 years of age. Come next World Cup. The damage that Tata Martino and this federation did in this World Cup is going to be felt for a long time. Football Americas underway from Doha as we charge towards the holidays and the new year with a renewed energy in the aftermath of the 2022 FIFA World Cup. Hercules Gomez, Sebi Salazar, Herc, what are you wearing? Well, my little uh, Qatar warm-up, if you will. It's a nice color. Is it? Looks good on you. Thank yes. you. It, actually, it's not a bad little yeah. get-up right there. That's it's right. one of the few things in this host country that I will bring back with me. Oh. That guy's so dramatic. Really? You don't have a you don't have a like a luggage full of gifts for everybody? So, very quickly, people yeah. who've not been to Qatar mm -hmm. won't understand this, but it's not exactly a place where you can bring like a lot of souvenirs back. I mean, why? Because it's so expensive. Well, not just it's just expensive. Well, you're, made, you're made of money. I'm just well, saying. not just because of that, <laughs> but. Everything's so brand new, even like the, what's supposed to be of cultural significance, they yeah. tore down and redid. Yes. So it's not like you have anything, hey, this is a little keepsake from here, da -da, yes. et cetera. So it, it was kind of hard. I was talking to my wife about this. It's not really the best place right. for that. Speaking of history, uh, I got my nice little uh, Copa Mexico jacket here. It's yeah, beautiful... did your mom pass that one down to you? Uh, not quite, although she does have a similar shirt that I also bought her. So sometimes we, we go twins there. And then I got the, uh, the Mexico shirt here from Tifosi with all the Mexico jerseys wow. throughout the year. So Can I see that? Shout out to those guys. I think you, you had a U.S. one, didn't you, that was very similar? Yeah. Yeah, the, it, you know, the uh, 1998 one doesn't look... It doesn't at, pop like it, doesn't it, like pop. it should, right? No. Uh, no that's no. okay. That's okay. It's still a great shirt uh, nonetheless. We're going to do something a little bit different on this here episode of Football Americas, right? The 2022 World Cup kind of in the, in the rearview mirror. It is. So we're going to look ahead to 2026, and we are going to be building over the next couple episodes. There you go, Seb. That's the attitude. Hey, man. I mean, you got to look forward at some point. Uh, our way too premature rosters for the next World Cup. On Monday, we'll be doing the U.S. team. Uh, but today, we're going to focus on Mexico. Now, we both had homework for this. You had to build the 26-player roster for the United States. I had that to build... That was difficult. It, really? Yes. Oh, it was, I bet it was a lot easier than trying to build the 26-player roster uh, for Mexico. So why don't we get to that, and actually, why don't we start by taking a look at the 26 players that were here at this World Cup in Qatar for Mexico. And if you watch this show at all, you'll know it was one of the oldest teams here at this tournament. In fact, the second oldest team behind only Iran, with an average age of just under 29 years old. Uh, Alfredo Talavera, Memochoa at 40 and 37 respectively, bringing up that average, but uh, Hector Moreno at 34, Andres Guardado at 36 uh, certainly didn't help. 
in terms of average age for this team. So, the first thing you got to do when you're building a roster is decide who you're going to cut from the last roster. These are the tough decisions. So, okay? was it really that tough for you? Well, in some regards, building the roster was tough. The cuts were not tough. I think okay. probably in, in that respect, you're right. The cutting from the U.S. roster was probably more difficult because you had more guys who you thought would be in their prime. For Mexico, for instance, there's a lot of guys who you know will maybe not even be playing anymore uh, in four years' time, or what's three and a half years' time now. At the goalkeeper position, I'm getting rid of Alfredo Talavera and Rodolfo Cota. Okay. Uh, no problems there. One over 34, the other one over 40. Yes. And in defense, I'm getting rid of a lot of experience, to be fair. Nestor Araujo, Hector Moreno, and Jesus Gallardo. Wow. All right. I guess we got to start with your analysis of my cuts and probably nothing more important there than the fact that I'm keeping Memo Cho around for a sixth, a sixth World Cup. What do you think? Are you crazy? I mean, he's going to be 41 years old. You, you sat here and I, you told me how it's a negative thing that players like Andres Guardado, Rafa Marquez, and Memo Ochoa... No, no, no. Uh, that was your point, buddy. Don't put your words oh. as heinous as they may be and try oh, and say that I said them. You think it's a good them. thing? I think it's a very different conversation when you're talking about a goalie being 41 okay. and a midfielder being 36, and I think you know that. Okay. Carlos Acevedo will be how old? Carlos Acevedo will be 29, 30. Yeah. 30 years old. And you still don't have him playing in a World Cup? Well, let, let me point out. I've got Memo Choa based on what I know today. I would love it if Carlos Acevedo makes the move to Europe. We've seen him linked to Bayer Leverkusen, amongst other teams in Europe in the past. I would love to see him make that jump. If he makes that jump and has success, no problem for me to either take Memo off that number one line or leave him out entirely. But right now, knowing what I know of Memo's performance, especially in World Cups, where he really truly seems to elevate his level, I don't know looking at the rest of the pool that I can say he's not going to be a top three goalie and maybe even the best goalie if he continues, continues playing at a high level. And as he has made it very clear, he wants to come back. This is not a player who has any doubts about a sixth World Cup in his own mind. I have plenty of doubts. Okay. You don't have those doubts. We're on way different wavelengths here. So, so Acevedo's your starter. Like that, because other than that. We're, then we're really getting into guys without much experience from Mexico. Yeah. That's what you have to do to build a program. That's what you have to do to bring in a new generation in. You have to give them those games. Mm -hmm. They will take those lumps. But having a player like Memo Ochoa at 41 years of age on this roster mm -hmm. is very much like a Conejo Perez blocking the way from Memo Ochoa in 2010. What could have been? And you say, well, he still had a pretty good career. What could have been? Because you said it. His career in World Cups mm -hmm. is something special. Yep. Plays that World Cup. Maybe has a good World Cup. Maybe it's not a lower division French team. Maybe it's not a bottom dweller in La Liga. Maybe it's not bouncing around trying to get your worth. Maybe it's something significant. Mm -hmm. A la Keylor Navas. Yeah. Okay? Maybe it's something like that. But what you're doing right here is you're blocking the pathway to another Mexican player. Carlos Acevedo, who should have been on this roster already. Totally. I agree with you Should have been on this roster already. Mm -hmm. And now you want to tell Carlos Acevedo, hey, my man, hold on a second. We got to get Memo six World Cups. Look, I want Acevedo to win the job. I, I definitely, if he's better than Memo Cho in three and a half years' time, you will hear zero complaints from me. But I'm looking at, at what we see now, and I have to think Memo is still... Clearly ahead of That's him. That's not what you do. If what you see now. I also think, I think with goalies, you, but the you're not age doing that. and the you're time not doing passing that because is. Because you just cut Jesus Gallardo. 
Yeah, Jesus Gallardo's not what a goalie. What you saw now, hold Jesus on. Jesus not a goalie. What you're saying, what you saw now. So what you saw now was him have one of his best tournaments. One of the yeah, best but I also saw him at Rayados lose his place to Eric Aguirre. What you saw now, yeah. if that's your argument, what you saw now, you've got to plan ahead. You've got to take risk. What you're doing essentially right now is the same thing the Mexican Federation has done for years. Mm -hmm. Same thing they've done for decades. You're saying, hold on a second. Your time's not yet. It's not yet. Not right now. We got to go get make Memo historic. That's right. what you're saying. I, I'm not going to put him in the World Cup, and I'm certainly not going to put him as a starter to make him historic. To just give put him, him on your roster. Yeah, but I'm not doing it to give him a six you World Cup. A, you just said to do it to make him historic as if it's a marketing thing. How many 41-year-old players get to a World Cup? Uh, no me hablas de 41-year-old players. You got to talk about goalies. How many 41-year-old Hutchinson started in a, in a World Cup. He's older than you are. How did that go? Ah, he started as a field player. How did player. that go? You're saying, you're saying a goalie can't how play at 41? Walter Zango won a World Cup at 40. Oh, what year? Ah, it doesn't matter. The, the ball was brown, the TV was black and white. It was 82. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Seb. Times have changed, and I respect everything Memo Cho has done. He's an historic figure in CONCACAF football. Forget Mexico football. CONCACAF football, he's historic. Okay, what he's done. He's among the all-time greatest goalkeepers. Yes. Okay. Okay? You have to factor, factor that in. But don't for one second pretend him being on this roster doesn't impact the next generation. I understand the point you're making. Uh, of the defensive cuts, no problems. Araujo. No, I'm fine. Even Gallardo that you just yelled at me about? Well, because of, that's nah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, let's get to the cuts then in the midfield and forward lines because I think there's a little bit more difficult decisions when we start talking about this. And just frankly, there's, there's more cuts. So we got Luis Romo, Charlie Rodriguez, Hector Herrera, Andres Guardado, and Roberto Alvarado, all gone from midfield. And then up top, man, I'm sorry. We gotta find new talent. Raul Jimenez, Henry Martin, Rogelio Funes Mori. I think they'll uh, all be well past their prime and we'll see exactly what they have left in the tank. Any problems with who I'm cutting first? I don't have a problem with Charlie being cut at okay. all. Maybe a few people will take exception. He's, he's kind of been like that poster boy for, for the League MX crowd. I would just I, say there's a, that's a trajectory decision for me. Perfect. I've got no issue with that. Alvarado is, is quite interesting because if Alvarado's out, that would mean, I think, somebody did you Did you look ahead in the rundown for once? Have you been... No. Copying off my notes, you cheat. I, I think somebody that you've badmouthed over and over and over and over yes. again would be in. I think badmouth is harsh. I no. think undervalued, maybe not not fully so, appreciated. Not, I don't rate him. I don't rate Uriel Antunes, who you're talking about, right? Uriel Antunes. So, um, so you don't you don't really. Why is Alvarado not in first? There was a time, right, when Alvarado was coming up when he was breaking into the national team. I remember there was. Uh, I think at one of his first friendlies in Mexico City, there were supposedly scouts from Manchester United, you know, watching this player. There was so much promise. 24 years old, Sab. Well, yes. That's what he is now. Yes. He'll be 28. 27. All right. I just don't, I don't think he's but ever been a difference maker. Fine. Uh, forget at the international Fine. level. There are Liga Mekis games. He's just a passenger. Okay. Now, I would say you, the same about Uriel Antuna. Let me explain to you why, why I've left him on. For now, and this is very much a player oh, who I would like for somebody else, and when we get to our new faces, there's some other names I'll throw in there that I hope if their development goes correctly, they'll eventually play their way past Uriel Antuna. Okay. He is to the point that you always brought up with him. He, he has the thing in his bag that right now doesn't seem like too many other guys in this Mexican pool have, which is straight line speed. And which what is, else? Which is, 
obviously very valuable. You say he has goals because you love to look at Wikipedia and see that he scored like no, three years ago a few Wikipedia, goals against Kafka. I'll go on transfer market. Oh, okay. For goal stats, yeah. So you like the stats that he has. Show me the big goals that he scored oh, for Mexico. Okay. Okay. Show me the, the dominant performances in Liga Mekis even. Okay. And here's my, my bigger hesitation to, to leave him in. He'll be 29, I think, at the next World Cup. What is, what is the thing that sets him apart? It's his physical traits, his speed. Okay. As you get older, correct me if I'm wrong, I would assume that— I wouldn't know about that. Yeah, right. You, just, you got faster as you got older, right? Yeah, quicker to the bench. <laughs> Sorry, that was cheap shot. That was a low blow. Um, Got paid. I just think. <laughs> I, I just, still came in the mail. I think that there's a there's a very realistic likelihood that the thing that separates him will no longer separate him at that point. But again, going off what I know now, and to be fair, the role that he played in this World Cup, which is more than I thought he would or should, and and he did well at times. I think, I think there's a there's a potential for him to maintain a spot because if we look at it. Yeah, we're talking about 2026, but in 18 months, there's a Copa America. Do I think he'll be slow by that Copa America? No, and if he plays well then, then he's probably going to be a part of whatever the other so tune-up tournaments are. you didn't want him on are. this World Cup, but now you got him going not only for... Not only you have him here, but now you got him next World Cup. Facts change. Copa America. So do opinions. Okay, let's talk about those moments. facts for a second. Yes. Uh, this goes for you, Bobo, and, and all of you out there mm. who, who like to trash Uriel Antuna for whatever reason. I want you to put up Uriel Antuna's numbers... Okay? Mm -hmm. Against Alexis Vegas, against Orbelin Pinedas, against Diego Lainez, mm -hmm. who you seem to love very much. Love. Love Diego Lainez. Mm -hmm. And Roberto Alvarados. Yeah. Okay? Tell me how they stack up. Oh, but it's against Cuba. It's against these Congo captives. Who do you think the rest are against? Who do you think when you last stack up Alexis Vega and Alvarado and Lainez, their numbers are against? Okay, so Uriel Antuna is better than Alexis Vega? Yes, that's exactly. How did you that's, uh, that? that's what you're saying. I'm going to look on stats. I'm going to look on stats. No, Seb. There is something to be said about a guy who can actually perform while wearing the green jersey. Because mm. most do not. And that is a reality. That is a reality. Why do certain coaches have him there? Because he is productive. Regardless if you think he misses too many or not, he's still productive enough to get you goals and assists. Okay. I will buy whatever type of argument you want for not having Roberto Alvarado on there. Quite frankly, I don't understand it because there's slim pickings. But I'll buy that. Okay. But the same argument has to be made for the same players across the board. Do you think that for, – because for me with this, it was an either-or. And, like, Alvarado's younger, but the, I think Antuna at least now, and maybe in three years he won't be, is, is faster. And if that's really the point for those guys, if that's the role you play – I'm only taking one of those guys, which I think we, we talked about ahead of this World Cup. We were kind of surprised they both made the team, especially when you left the Linus off. Yeah. Um, well, once Linus was off, according to Tata, it was a natural selection for Alvarado because he was like a like-for-like like in Tata's mind. Is that true in your mind? No. Yeah. And you would say Antuna and Alvarado are more like-for-like, like, right? Than, no, I would say Chuk Chuki and Antuna are more like-for-like. Like. Okay. Just directness. Well, then we've already got Chuki. So, um, How old is he? Know. He'll be 31, I believe, at the, uh, at the next World Cup. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Speaking of Chuki, um, we'll get to him in a little bit. But let's get to the depth chart that I've put together for the 2026 World Cup, which we know, of course, will be in both, in all, uh, three, the United States, Mexico, and Canada. So we went two at each position, with the exception of goalie. Uh, and we'll start with the goalies and the defenders. Goalie, of course, uh, memo number one, Acevedo, the aforementioned number two, and David Ocho there at, at number three. That was kind of a default pick. Again, if I'm going off trajectory, I don't know that the trajectory of David Ocho's career right now is what it was a year ago. You don't think he's a better place from DC United to San Luis? You don't think that's a better place? Uh, I don't know Atletico San Luis. Like, I know DC United. Pretty much anywhere in the world is a better place than right. DC United. But, but in terms of his play, and you know, I, I just don't know that I'm seeing the growth yet. But I think we could absolutely see it. And I think obviously he's, he's got some quality. Otherwise, you know, he wouldn't be uh, and have been where, where he's been. Left back. Gerardo Artiaga, I think to me is, you know, we heard his disappointment after the World Cup. That's a guy who I wanted to see more already. He's already in Europe. He's been linked to some big teams. I think there's a potential big move for him, if not this winter, maybe next summer. Uh, and that could put him in, a, in an elite category, in a rare category for Mexicans. I put in Jonathan Gomez, who's a dual nat. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, the center backs, Johan Vasquez, Jesus Angulo. I got some young talent there at left center back and right center back. Cesar Montes, to me, is a lock, uh, especially if he makes the projected move to Europe. Israel Reyes I've thrown in there at, uh, at right center back as well for some depth. And then right back, this was a tough one for me. Um, it's maybe one of the deepest positions, you would say. Jorge Sanchez, I still got him uh, number one. Kevin Alvarez, number two. And I have left off another dual net, Julian Araujo, who seemed to just be left off this time around. And again, this is a projection. This may be a very obvious Julian Araujo in three years is way better than both of those guys. But right now, uh, I think he would be the odd man out at that right back position. All right, let's start with David Ochoa. Okay. Why do you have David Ochoa in there? I want somebody young, right? And of the young guys, honestly, there's just not a lot of, for me, like very obvious young Mexican goalies. Like there was a time when Sebastián Jurado was kind of like, people thought he might be that guy. Um, Raúl Gudinho has kind of the, the interesting nugget of having played in the Champions League. Um, Cyprus. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, I think when you do that at a very young age, you think, okay, and he's, he's huge. You think oh, maybe he could be the guy. But all of those guys just have not really developed. And I, one thing I, I do like about David Ochoa, and I think it's played against him at times in his career, is the attitude. There's a definite, we talk about Gio Reyna, a chip-on-the-shoulder guy. That's David Ochoa for me, and I think between the, the choice of Mexico, not making it this time around, maybe the way he leaves RSL, the way he leaves MLS, this is a guy with a lot to prove. And if there's a fire lit under him, I could see significant growth in the next few years. It's hopeful, 
Um, but the, the reality is, Herc, there's just not a lot of depth in the Mexican goalkeeping pool. Let me ask you a question. Hmm. Do you think David Ochoa is the is part of the goalkeeping tree or in that goalkeeping pool, part of the three in this roster for the next World Cup if he's the goalkeeper of San Luis? So I get what you're saying. You don't think it's like a big enough club? I think, let me it's put it this that way. I don't think so. I think if he's played well enough to be considered, he's not at San Luis anymore. He has moved up, okay. right? If he was at San Luis in three years, I don't think he's played enough to be there. I'm, I'm counting on, I'm betting on growth. So he's not, I'm, I'm he's betting not on David good Ochoa's enough growth. to make the Mexican national team if he's only playing at San Luis. In three years, me. yes. That's yeah. what you're telling in me. In three years, yes. If in three years he's not made a move from Atletico you hear that, San Luis. Pedrosa? All right. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Uh, yes. It's a does it make sense a, to you? It does. It's a, let me right. explain to the people, give some context yeah. to the people. When it comes to these positions, especially like a goalkeeper position, these lower teams don't necessarily have representation. On right? the national team. On the national team. Right. It gets very political. And say what you want. No, that's not how it is. That's how it is. Unless David Ochoa is at a bigger club and he has to be playing, it can't be a wishy-washy type of situation. He's in, he's out. He has to be a contributor. He's not going to be on this list. David Ochoa chose Mexico, and I actually think it was a great choice for him. Right, because he saw what I just said, which is the, how thin the a talent limited, pool is yes. there. It's, it's a very a shallow pool. So if David Ochoa could swim there, he could succeed there. I just don't, think, I just don't see it through history, excuse me, uh, being with San Luis. Can I throw a name out at you? This is deep in the prospect pool, and it's very hopeful. Alex Padilla. He's a 19-year-old Spanish-Mexican dual national who's in the Athletic Club de Bilbao setup. Now, he has played for Spain, been called into there like U19. But if you look at the goalkeeping situation, the guy who's ahead of him at the club, the number one at the club, Unai Simon, is probably your long-term Spanish goalie, right? And another kid at the club who's actually ahead of him in the youth ranks is kind of the future project for Spanish goalkeeping. So if... Padilla looks at his situation the same way David Ochoa looked at it and said, hey, in a couple years, I might actually have a chance to be on the 2026 Mexico squad. Yeah, if he can get by Memo Cho, he's and, 41. And, and to the point about when we talk about, probably we're going to talk about a lot with the U.S. pool, you know, the U.S. has really improved its pool by recruiting dual nationals. And I think sometimes we think of, for Mexico, oh, dual nationals mean Mexican-Americans. No, there's some Mexican diaspora everywhere. It's starting to And you out. need to do that work, too. It's Mexico to needs out. to do that work, um, for sure. Speaking of dual nationals, Jonathan Gomez. I slid uh -oh. him in there at left back. Are you bitter about that from a U.S. perspective? No. Okay. No. Do you want me to comment on that, or are you just done with it? I usually set you up so you can comment. Yes, that's, have you been around this show at all for the you, last you know, you know two why? years? It's not that I'm worried. You know right. what it is with Jonathan Gomez? What? If he wants to further his development. Not a lot of games for the Mexican national team. The U-20s, well, they're not in that World Cup. Yep. U-23 tournament, which is the Olympics, uh -huh. they're not there either. So he's got to bank on himself to make a full national team appearance and stay there with the Mexican national team if he does see himself going down that road. There is no pipeline. There is a pipeline with the United States men's national team. And I think a, a guy like Jonathan Gomez, who's represented the U.S. men's national team mm -hmm. before, and he's been in the U.S. setup, understands that. Maybe would see value in that. Um, do I think... Who do you think needs him more? Mexico or Jonathan? Mexico or U.S. Who do you think needs him more? Ooh. 
That's that's the part where I tee you up and you probably respond. Probably the probably the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they need I, a left back bad. I I, I think uh, Anthony Robinson showed you this World Cup that he can be a lot of things, but maybe not that final touch, that quality in the final third, and also. Just depth in general. If it's Anthony Robinson going down, yep. I mean, you, you squeeze over a Serginho Dest and you reshuffle that depth chart on the right-hand side. I don't really like that. Um, there aren't a whole lot of left-footers in that U.S. Okay. Men's National Team setup. Yep. So I think they need those a lot more. All right, so uh, Jonathan Gomez, of course, a uh, product that came out of the USL at the end of the day. Shout-out to, uh, to Louisville there. Let's focus in on Julian Araujo really quickly. Another dual nat. I left him out. Do you have any problem with that? I mean, it's, it's a pretty strong position there for Mexico. Before I jump to Julian, Isaias. Isaias of Pachuca is one of the reasons why Jogo, uh, Jonathan Gomez is probably not that much of a necessity to Mexico. Right. Uh, Julian I mean, Araujo. For me, he's the number one, right? Right. Yeah. For, in my eyes, he is. Julian Araujo. Um, here's the thing with Julian. I seriously think if he would have picked the U.S., he had a strong chance of making this World Cup with the U.S. Really? Yeah, because in Greg Berhalter's eyes, he never rated Joe Scally, mm -hmm. and Joe Scally came in here because of uh, Serginho Dest injury, so he brought an extra back. And you could say, well, that was Shaq Moore. The way things are trending, that was right. Joe Scally. Right. We saw it in the Panama game. He opted for Shaq Moore, not Joe Scally, mm -hmm. uh, in that World Cup qualifier. I actually think Julian had a very good chance of being part of this World Cup roster for the U.S. this go-round. He chose Mexico. Didn't go his way. They went with Jorge Sanchez and then Kevin Alvarez. And it was funny. I, I kind of chuckled to myself when you said they've got a very deep pool when it comes to right back. A year ago, you were saying, man, it might be Chaka Rodriguez. I wasn't saying that. But I was desperate for Chaka think, Rodriguez, yeah. But think about to that. To be kind of moved on. And, and to then your he point, did. And then all of a sudden, you had an emergence of like three guys, which is what happens when you can move on from older players. Yeah. Yeah, and, but Jorge Sanchez also earned that, right? He played at a big club. He had success. He has a big move, and so you have confidence in him. Now, we see in Kevin Alvarez, he's a player that's not just playing well, but at a club that is very likely to sell in Pachuca. So I think we could see him moving to Europe. If you've got two guys there in Europe, and I know Julian Araujo has been maybe very casually linked, discussed with Barcelona B. Not casually. I mean... The guy oh who my gosh! You throw up the strangest. Hold on, the guy who dropped what's the news. A, what on. we can talk about, what we can't well, talk about. Well, you're telling me his news drops are just casual. Barcelona B, Barcelona. Whatever B. the case may be. Okay. Okay. This is a player who has his name linked to Barcelona. He was in that setup. I will remind you. Okay. In Arizona. So there's something to be said about a player that could be, in a year's time, fast tracked and then get an opportunity because things happen very quickly for young players. You saw Alfonso Davies go from the Whitecaps to Bayern Munich, and nobody thought that would ever happen. And then when it happened, they're like, well, he will never play. And then he switches positions, and he's one of the best players in the world in set position. Things can change very quickly with dedicated players. Julian's one of those players that I think likes to defend and can get better going offensively. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Okay, so uh, let's move on from the defenders. Let's move up the field, and we'll focus in here on not just the midfielders, but the forwards as well for Mexico at the 2026 World Cup. All right, I'm giving uh, Edson's obviously coming back. Uh, Eric Lida 
I'm bringing him in as a uh, as a young understudy to a, an aging Edson Alvarez. Uh, left center midfielder, I gotta bring Luis Chavez back. I just do after the performance here at this World Cup. Eric Gutierrez still in there for me, obviously uh, doing big things uh, in Europe right now. Right center midfield, Eric Sanchez, Orbelin Pineda. That was a tough one for me, we can discuss that. Uh, right wing, Diego Lainez, the aforementioned Uriel Antuna. Left wing, Alexis Vega, Chucky Lozano. I, I did some changes there to kind of fit guys in. I think Chucky at 31 will have lost quite a bit of his speed. And, and I think if I'm being fair, his trajectory is not, not what it was a few years ago. And then up top, uh, Santi Jimenez, who should have been here this time around, uh, was, is going to be my starter. And I'm telling you, it's slim pickings after that, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. Hopefully, uh, JJ Macias, who had a brief spell in Spain, uh, will return from his injury at Chivas and, uh, and get back to his scoring ways, Herc. What do you think? What do you want to pick at first? Eric Lira. I, I need you to explain I have that. Have all one. the things there? Well, we'll start with him. Yeah. Yeah, Eric Lira. Explain that one really quickly. Um, so he's, he's played at big clubs already. He's a very young player. Well, he's played at Cruz Azul. Unam, Cruz Azul. Like I said, he's played at Cruz Azul. Oh, okay. Um, He's been a uh, Liga MX's best 11 pick. He's been twice an all-star. And he's played on good winning teams. And I think I think okay. we talk about when you evaluate midfielders, you should, afar from like the statistics, the advanced analytics, all that, you got to look at, does their team win? And I think Eric Lira has proven he can be part of a winning team. And again, he's a young guy. I don't think he's going to be the starter. But I think at that position, that's, that's who I'd go with. Problem here is do you not like Eric Lida or do you like somebody else better? I, I, I'm not a fan of Eric Lida per se. I think okay. he's a uh, third generation Pokemon version of Javier Guemes. Okay. okay. Uh, this is a player that I think technically is a bit deficient when it comes okay, to. Okay, give me somebody else. Give me somebody else. Who, well, if that's the case, just stay with the Romo. If that's the case. Oof. As, as Edson's backup as, as yeah. a six. I mean, if that's the case, because I see more projection with Romo, I see more future, and that's crazy to say, with Romo and more intangibles with Romo, left-footed, technically sound. He had a bad 18 months mentally. You can probably recuperate that, maybe get him back to the form he was in when he was at Cruz Azul. Mm -hmm. You know, that Querétaro going to Cruz Azul, that form that at times he showed in certain games at Monterrey. There's a case to be made for that. Eric Lira still not shown me enough, regardless of how green he is, for me to say that's who I want to bank with, that's who I want to roll with in this position. He he's iffy for me. That's that's not who I thought you would have picked. Okay. There's Perez Busquets as well. Busquets as well for uh, Chivas. For oh, Chivas. a midfielder that plays for a winning team. Great shout. How many best 11s does he have? Oh wow. A ver. Wow. We're talking about condiciones. I don't care what you win in Liga MX if it's going to help you be a better national team player. Okay. When you can pronounce the player's name, you can put him in my roster okay. for 2026. What about my strikers? Where do we start? Uh, JJ Macias, you, you just put up there. Uh, JJ Macias is going to come off an ACL. Yes. Reconstruction. Mm -hmm. You never know how it's going to recover, how a player is going to be after that. JJ Macias has not been productive or in a good headspace for, what would you say, a year? Yes. And he is your projected 2026 over a player. I said it was hopeful. Over a player like Santi Munoz, who's... Ah, well, that's even more hopeful. Well, yeah. He's but, never done anything. But 
Well, I wouldn't say never done anything. Oh, what has he done? Tell me. The Premier League move is something. Ah, no, please. And an under 23 loan. Hold, hold on, guys. How, how, how much does he played get... for Newcastle's under 23s? Tell me all about Santiago oh, hold Munoz. On a second. Don't, no, hold on a second. You're the guy who was former football America's guest, by hold the way. On. You were. You're the guy who was touting the U20 player from Arsenal, okay? To make the 2022 World Cup roster, and now you're selling short who? Santiago. Jimenez. Flores. Yes. No. Now you're. <laughs> Not now, the 26, man. We talked about him, but I, I didn't have him in my 26. Now, now you're breaking down Santiago. Did you just make things up? I mean, what is this? What is this show? We just make things up that Seb said. Did you not? Did you? How hard were you on Marcelo I, I Flores? Like, I like the idea of Marcelo Flores as a prospect. I wasn't oh, putting him in the 2022 stop, team. Stop. All right, let's go back to Santiago Munoz. Yes. Okay. Fit, mm -hmm. good headspace, tons of intangibles. But not fit. He's just missed. He just got back into the, into playing time for Newcastle. He just missed the last like four months. Seb. The it's because you don't know because nobody injury. watches the Newcastle. Seb, the other guy's coming back from an ACL injury. You know what? The other guy's coming back do, from the Do we ACL have anybody around here with ACL experience? When did you tear your ACL? When did I tear my ACL? Yeah. 2007. How old were you? 27. Okay, and what were, the best what were the best years of your career, before or after that? Before. Nah, when did you make your most money? Before or after that ACL? What does that mean? Well, those are the best years. I went that's down a level. That's when you. No, please, you please, and don't don't say that because people don't know that you're joking. Your career took off after your ACL injury, but and you're gonna sit here and tell me, "Paul Damasio, who's way younger than you, player, he's gonna be 27. He's gonna be, be three you know years what? What removed." What makes Paul so good? It ain't his speed, what dude. What makes him so it's not, good? It's not his raw what athleticism. What makes him so good? His technique around the box. How do you get the technique around the box, Seb? Do you know what makes him work so good? It. I don't know. No, it's not just work on it. Look, the kid is a machine. If, you've watched, if you watch this kid, what he says, his videos leading up, the way he trains, yes. his separation. So, so a guy who trains a lot can't recover Listen, from an ACL all of a sudden? Please, guys, space. come back in six months now. Listen to what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Separation in space, right foot, right. left foot. He's very good with it. You don't think he's fast. He's as fast as they come in the box. Okay. He's not been in a good headspace, and he's coming off an ACL injury, and you're putting him in the 2026 lock. Yep. I don't know if that says more about the pool. Or that says more about what you feel he can do, but either way, it's not a good sign. Real quick, before we move on, it is certainly reflective of the pool. I mean, I, I, there's no way to deny that because the guy that you're bringing me as an option is, again, a U23 player at Newcastle, We're right? sold to Newcastle. Oh, okay. To, to, to play for their U23s on loan? Okay. It's loan. It's, by the way, the sale has not been Forget completed. Forget about you, Newcastle, don't career. say things that are inaccurate because the, the loan has not been bought. Okay. That's at the end of the year. That decision okay. has to be made, and the guy has hardly played at all. Okay. So he's not there at Newcastle okay, yet. Okay, he's not. He pretends. No, he's not been bought by Newcastle he, yet. Yeah, that's what I said. He pretends. No, you said he was sold to Newcastle. I'll say, when you're wrong, you're wrong. You have to admit it. No, you have to admit it, man. Please. Because oh, I don't agree with here. Hota Hota Accuracy is key here. All right. You hate Hota Hota Macias. I actually you're anti Chivas well. ways. Producer it is Beto's a little anti Let's get to. If he goes uh, elsewhere, I think he could do well. So, one thing we should say here is that we're, we're projecting that the rosters will be 26 players again in 2026, which leaves us uh, space for some new faces. All right, and some of these faces are not exactly new, but yeah. newish, yeah. right? I mean, they're new. So, I am bringing Macero Flores in. Hmm, that's strange. Young guy, few appearances, but a lot of potential, a lot of hope for the uh, Arsenal prospect. Alejandro Sendejas, I threw him in there just to give us a little polemica here. Of course, he could choose the uh, United States as well. Well, he's with the United States. And then, and he's also been with Mexico in the no, last few he's years. He's with the United States right now. If he were to leave, he would have to sign a letter of intent, is what I'm trying to tell you. 
He's with the United States right now, currently. He's with the team that's not training. Okay, again, please, be accurate here. I know it's tough for you. Jeez. And Esteban Lozano. I'm going a canterano, an academy kid out of America that probably most of you have never heard of, but no, he was a... Uh, you've heard of. Lozano was in the U-20 campaign. Yes, and yes. had a very successful U-20 yes. campaign, and a lot of my hope for, for him, him is based personally. off of that. Yeah, obviously the team did terribly, right. but he scored six goals, and they weren't just like four goals in he's one good, game. He's a America forward. He's it a good a little goal. player. And we've seen this type of forward in yeah. America time and time and time again. Yeah, the, the concern, I guess, if he stays at America is that they're always going to bring in a foreign player, a veteran Tony player. Yes. Uh, but anyway, what do you think of my, uh, my new faces there? Well, uh, where do you want to start, producer? Let's go, Marcelo Flores. Okay. You were of the idea, I'm trying to re recall so you don't get angry, mm -hmm. but I, you were of the idea that Marcelo Flores going to La Liga, or sorry, Spanish second division, yes. would be a good thing for him. Better than staying at Arsenal and not playing first team football, okay. yes. Okay. And you've not seen him play very much. You've we not just seen played him, last week. You've not seen him do very much. You think he's playing what you should be playing right now, Seb? Do you think I, he's playing what you should be playing right now? I think that a player who's this is your hope. 19 this years old. This is your playmaker. You, this is the tra trajectory. No, no, this, I just showed you. He's a new face. He's not even in my depth chart. So this is a 24, 25, 26 player. This is a hope. This is a, this is a long-term bet based on Primarily the fact that Arsenal's put a ton of investment into this kid, and I believe that a player that's already in Europe has a very, you know, is a much more likely player to stay in Europe and get European opportunities, which all we talked about with this Mexican team and this Mexican pool is there's not enough of that. Okay. So if I've got a guy who's already over there at that age and has been evaluated by a club like Arsenal in a positive manner, then yes, I, I'm going to throw him in at my 24, 25, 26. And that is, that is admitting that he's... He's not where I'd love him to be, because if he was where I'd love him to be, he probably would have been in my depth chart, right? He's, what, 19 right now? Yes. 19 years old. He'll yep. be 22. 23, I think. 23 yes. years old. For a second, acknowledge where this is going. Okay? Where? For Marcelo Flores. If he doesn't get himself he, he, out of Oviedo. You think he's going to be another uh, Diego Lainez again in That's exactly in what I think years? it's going to be. That's exactly what it's going to be. But it's well, right now what I think it's going to be. Because he needs to get himself out of Oviedo. At least Diego Lainez had a first division Spanish team. At least Diego Lainez was on the tip of that tongue. Mm -hmm. He's not. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, any other thoughts quickly? Zendejas, uh, we kind of touched on Lozano. No, I mean. Who needs Zendejas more, U.S. or Mexico? Neither. Neither? Well. Somebody's got to need him more. Mexico. Okay. That position is loaded for the U.S. Um, if he goes, if he does indeed go U.S., can I throw out another name for you? You'll love this as a Santos guy. Este, Jordan Carrillo, who's now in the second division over in Spain, kind of like you like those Marcelo Flores. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't name Campos. He's a winger. Omar Campos. I did not. I did he's not. He's a good little left back from Santos, speaking of. Uh, listen, Zedecas is a very good player, but yep. if, if you were going to go where I thought he was going to play the most, probably Mexico. He's talented enough to play yeah. the A position, though, so maybe there is space for him in the U.S. setup. All right, uh, you mentioned Omar Campos. Any other snubs you want to yell at me about? Why Campos? Why, why is he at the top of your list? This is a very talented player. I'm okay. surprised he didn't get more looks this cycle, honestly. But then I'm not because it's Tata. All right. You have in, to watch the, uh, in the interest of accuracy, I made a mistake earlier in the show. No, no, you didn't. No, I didn't? No. There's your snubs, Munoz, Campos, and Isais. Okay, so you did name all three of them. Which for you would be the biggest snub of here of, of this group? Is it Campos? Because you're not, like, both those left backs probably aren't snubs. 
Oh, I like Campos a lot, man. Okay. I think he is nasty on the ball, and he's good going forward. Uh, but for me, it's probably going to be Munoz. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Santiago Munoz, then uh, maybe a... Uh, we'll see what happens there at Newcastle and the U23s and that loan from Santos Laguna. He plays his way into a permanent deal. It may be a very different conversation. Uh, for the sake of accuracy, I confused my Italian goalies whose last names start with Z earlier in the show. Walter Zanga did not win a World Cup at 40. Dino Zoff won a World Dino Cup at Zoff. 40 in 1982 with the Italian national team. Uh, all right, there you have it for this edition of Football Americas. Uh, on Monday's show, we will be doing the exact same thing, but with the U.S. roster. I, I'll be honest, it just took me about like two, three hours of work. How long did it take you to do the U.S. roster? I just did it like 10 minutes ago. Ah, he's lying. He's lying. You're a workaholic. We all know it. Um, thanks for watching the show. If you want to listen, you can, of course, download the podcast. For Herc, producer Beto, and our production crew, which is truly worldwide, Sevi, signing off from Doha. And we'll see you right back here on Monday.